Welcome to the Pretty Deadly Podcast. My name is Susie. I'm an American Gen X woman living in Berlin, a martial artist, violent crime survivor, and the founder of Pretty Deadly Self-Defense. And I'm Tavia Benjamin, a.k.a. TSK Benjamin, a millennial Jamaican woman living in Kingston. I'm a poet, author of the book Words Beyond the Page, and a social entrepreneur. We're exploring the kinds of violence women around the world face, the different ways we defend ourselves on a daily basis, and of course, sharing self-defense tips and techniques as we go. If there's anything you'd like us to explore, send us your questions and comments to hi at teamprettydeadly.com. We'll put the link in the show notes. Ready to kick ass? Yep. Okay, let's go. Hello, Tavia. Hey, Susie. Hey, so we got connected on this really great platform called Goodstead, which pairs uh, social impact companies and nonprofit organizations with people who want to help them out with volunteers. And that's how we met. What's fascinating to me about this connection is that I am located in Berlin, Germany, and you are located in Jamaica. In Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> which is so far away in a place I've never been. I know. <laughs> Have you ever been to Germany? Never. I've never been. I mean, it's early morning here and it's late afternoon there. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Yeah, it's cra- it's crazy because um, I haven't gotten to speak to women in this part of the world about self-defense or in, in your part of the world about self-defense. So it's really exciting to me to connect to you in this way. And as you and I were talking about like what kinds of themes to talk about in each of our episodes, the one that came up for me was, what do I think of women in Jamaica? Like, what do I think women's lives are like in Jamaica? And I realized that when I think of Jamaica, I don't think of women at all. Wow. That's (laughs) a new one for me, actually. I've never heard that one before. Yeah, it's... It's it's terrible, and I'm ashamed of that. Um, I mean, I'm not. It's it's a, it's a shameful thing to say. So, growing up in the United States for us, or for mm-hmm. basically white suburban kids, our knowledge of Jamaica is pretty much confined to Bob Marley and Sad. any other black man who has dreads and calls himself a Rastafarian. And that's kind of it. So, it's always men in in the way that Jamaica was presented to me and my, I guess my whole community. I don't feel so comfortable speaking from my little suburb in Chicago, but I kind of have a feeling that I'm right about that. (laughs) You know, it's interesting because there is so much more to it than that. I mean, literally the matter is out of many one people, which means there are diverse peoples, cultures, ways of living, and obviously not just men (laughs) living in Jamaica. So I mean, speaking about a woman's experience in Jamaica, it would be almost unfair for me to speak for every woman, but I can say that it is diverse. You have different classes, if I may, of women. Their experiences are different. What I know for sure is that there are some similarities between what women experience. So when it comes to even how women are to behave or whether they know or learn self-defense or need to, their experiences are similar. So whether a woman in Upper St. Andrew, which we may say is a higher class than a woman in another community, which may be classed as whether in a city or so, they experience violence. 
mm-hmm. from whether within their own gender or another gender. They also there are also expectations of how women are to behave, regardless of where they're from. So I mean, whether or not you are from upper class, middle class, lower class, I think the expectations are the same. Mm-hmm. In that everyone or people want to box you into this way of operating. And you are expected to behave like that because you're from this place or you're expected to behave like that because you look a particular way. Mm-hmm. So that's how I, that's what I would comment on. The Someone once said to me that the difference, the only difference between um, rich women and poor women are the thickness of the walls. Yep. Which Agreed. is this really scary thing to think Agreed. about, but it's true, right? Agreed. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. It, you know, it's it's something that people don't talk about a lot. I think the the stigma that comes with violence against women, whether it's stranger violence or um, intimate partner violence or family violence or any other, you know, workplace violence, et cetera, um, to be a victim of violence is it, it carries a terrible stigma. It does. No matter how supportive we all say that, you know, it's never the victim's fault and and it still carries the stigma with it. So I think the the other difference between rich women and poor women is that rich women are less likely to vocalize their experience. That's true because they're embarrassed because how how could you be in this particular social status and you are experiencing that? How you have the ability to take yourself out of it? Because the, the opposite side of it is that those women who are seen to be in lower class or in a less fortunate economical state, they experience violence sometimes we assume because they can't do better, because this person is taking care of them, because they're in a state that they don't have the financial ability to get out of. Or for some people, they may say they don't have the intellectual ability to say, well, this is not somewhere that I want to be. I'm going to get out of it. Right. Now, when you go to someone who you're assuming has that emotional and intellectual ability and financial ability to leave that situation, but they don't, you're wondering then what is the real reason they're sitting in it? Mm-hmm. So they don't want to talk about it because then you're going to say, but that person is an idiot. Like, why would you sit in that? People are going to make it about the victim and why they don't remove themselves from the situation instead of looking at what has caused them to be in a situation in the first place. Exactly. Exactly. It's a, it's, I've written about this in my blog as well, that people have, a, you know, there's this underlying message that women who are victims of violence um, are a little bit stupid, especially women who are victims of domestic violence or intimate partner violence. There's obviously they're too stupid to realize that they shouldn't be in this situation. You know, I mean, nobody says that out loud, but there's definitely that underlying message that's there. You know, and there's this whole like, you know, not, you know, oh, those poor women kind of thing. Right Mm -hmm. now, while we're recording this episode um, in the United States, the famous court case um, granting women the right to choose whether to carry a pregnancy to term or to terminate it is front and center in the news right now because several of the United States, the Supreme Court justices want to strike it down. This has been an ongoing battle for years. And as people are writing about it, you know, oh, we all have to go support Roe v. Wade. We all have to, you know, support women in this. 
it, women and men are saying this, this is, this is especially difficult for women of color and women of, you know, more difficult socioeconomic backgrounds, you know, indigenous women, women of color and poor women. So they're the ones who are really affected because women of privilege can go someplace else and terminate a pregnancy. Without anybody knowing. Right, without anybody knowing. But what's, what bothers me about this is that all of these arguments are like, you know, you're actually doing it for, oh, these poor women, not for yourself. You know, so if you're a woman in a position of privilege, regardless of your skin color, your, you know, you, you're just, you're somehow you're in a position of privilege or you think you are, mm-hmm. or maybe you are in certain levels, but to believe that, you know, I'm actually out here fighting for my poor sisters or my sisters of, you know, different skin colors who don't have the same access that I have is that same kind of classism. And it really, really drives me crazy because privilege is both, um, it's real, but it's also very illusory, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Because so, it's all in your mind. It's it's what you think even about yourself. And the mm-hmm. fact that things like this are even in matters of court is in itself showing that, wow, we really have not gone past the basics of humanity because it shouldn't even be about who you are, the color of your skin, where you're from. I mean, the fact that you're a woman, the fact that you're a human, you, the, the fact that you exist means that you have certain rights and it's not even about right or wrong. You just are, should be able to do it mm-hmm. without any question. Is abortion legal in Jamaica? Ah, uh, I don't think it is. But I will not quote, I don't think it is, but I'm sure that there are people who, who do it because they are deciding that this is their right to choose what they want to do with their own bodies. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. It's not something that I've gone straight into looking into. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's one of the things that's coming up in this argument about abortion, and this is how it relates back to matters of self-defense and and women and women's roles is this issue of women needing to produce babies, you know, produce more babies. We need more babies, says Justice Alito of the Supreme Court. Women need to produce babies. So that's all we are, are vessels. And I saw someone's, um, someone else use this term, and it's so brilliant, saying that, you know, women are just vessels for someone else's choices. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I feel that that's absolutely true regarding issues of abortion and the choice to abort or the choice to carry to term, but it's also absolutely true in terms of self-defense. Yeah. I actually just looked it up and it's actually legal in Jamaica. Oh, okay. Under the Offenses Act of the Person Act of 1864. So 1860, there you have it. 1860, wait, <laughs> it's been so legal Google- since 1864? Google says abortion is illegal in Jamaica under the Offenses Act. Oh, illegal. Person Act. Yes. Oh, sorry. 1864. Mm-hmm. I, I suddenly had was in an alternate universe. Where I was like, wait, <laughs> abortion has been illegal in Jamaica since the 1800s. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, sorry to pop your bubble there. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> it's been popped before. So when I said that for me, um, when I think of Jamaica, I only think of men because as I've only seen men represent Jamaica, what women for you or represent Jamaica or what does womanhood represent in Jamaica? 
Well, there are lots of women who I would say are powerhouses who are representing Jamaica very, very well. I mean, right at the top of my head, I'm thinking of a woman, Andrea Dempster-Chung. She is the head of an organization, which is a nonprofit organization, which their goal is to create an art district in downtown Kingston, which is the capital of Jamaica. And they have really been giving creatives in Jamaica the opportunity to expand, to show themselves to the world, and also to monetize their craft. Because still, the creative industry in Jamaica is not something that is even expanded. It's There, are, there aren't certain rules or laws that are in place to protect it and ensure that people thrive from it. So she as a woman in, in that creative industry, she's really taking the strides and going out there. And if we were to list all the women, we wouldn't have time on this podcast, but I'd definitely say that there are women in Jamaica who are doing their part to make sure that whatever industry they're working in, that is impactful. So I would love to invite you to Jamaica. This is my official invitation <laughs> to Jamaica. So you can I experience accept. Okay. (laughs) So you can experience more than what you have been exposed to, because trust me, there is a lot more to it than sometimes meets the eye of the external world. Pretty Deadly Self-Defense is a self-defense program based in Berlin, but with coaches and trainers in a growing number of cities in Europe and around the world. If you want to join us just to take a course or to become a coach, a trainer, or even offer Pretty Deadly in your school or studio, let us know through our website at prettydeadlyselfdefense.com or find us through our app. Just search for Pretty Deadly Self-Defense in your favorite app store and download for free. And remember that all of our paid programs fund our volunteer work. So when you empower yourself, you're actually empowering another woman too. Thanks for being here. I'm Susie Pollock, and you've been listening to the Pretty Deadly Podcast. See you next week.